Bruce Lawn. Persecution, the church, Paul Washer, John MacArthur, their positions. We're going to do a Bible study on it, the whole bit, just so you guys know where I'm coming from. First of all, if I'm offering my critique on someone who's making public statements, y'all give me a lot of clout that you guys just think I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a connected or loosely connected with every single Christian influencer, pastor, leader that I could just like randomly give them a shout and be like, yo, come on my channel. I ain't got that much clout for the record. Second of all, these people are making these statements publicly. I'm sharing my concerns where I think this may be not the most helpful. I've been blessed by both Paul Washer and John MacArthur's uh, ministries. I've, despite popular opinion, have listened to both of them uh, over the years. I've been walking with God for almost 20 years. I've listened to a lot of Paul Washer about 15 15 to 12 years ago. So don't just assume that like I haven't heard anything and I'm just finding one clip. Like I've been around the faith. And when I say like walking with God, I've been in ministry since I was 17. I'm going to be 37 this year. No breaks, no sabbaticals in the world, no wilding out, serving in church the entire time. Don't do the cognitive dissonance thing. Okay. If I point something out that you know is inconsistent, don't do the cognitive dissonance thing. People do it for their guy. When when I pointed out some stuff about Michael Todd, you had a whole bunch of people uh, talking about what he meant instead of what he said. I don't really care what he meant if what he said is an error. So uh, let's just keep it the same way. Okay, just keep that. Let's just keep that same energy. Let's let's have just scales. The conversation today is going to be: What does the scripture actually say about persecution? How there are different positions based on which. Uh, eschatological position you have, eschatological position you have, just end days position. Are you pre-mill? Jesus comes back. Then there's a thousand years reign of Christ. Post-mill, the thousand years happens. Then Jesus comes back, right? A-mill. So based on which position you have is going to impact things. And the ultimate goal of today is that regardless on where you're falling on all this stuff from, is that you don't use any of this as an excuse to not live out Matthew 25. And I'm going to get to exactly what I mean by that towards the end of this, okay? So, let's just jump into some let's just jump into some clips about stuff they've said about persecution and let's see if it lines up uh with scripture and let's see if it lines up with history, okay? So this is Paul Washer. The church in America is going to suffer so terribly. And we laugh now, but they will come after us. They will come after our children. They will close the net around us while we are playing soccer mom and soccer dad, while we are arguing over so many little things and mesmerized by so many trinkets. The net even now is closing around you and your children and your grandchildren, and it does not cause you to fear. You will be isolated from society as has already happened. Anyone who tries to run for office who actually believes the Bible will be considered a lunatic until finally we are silenced. We will be called things that we're not and persecuted not for being followers of Christ, but for being radical fundamentalists who do not know the true way of Christ, which of course is love and tolerance. You'll go down as the greatest bigots and haters of mankind in history. Did that happen? This is 2008. This was published. Have Christians ran for office that believed the Bible since 2008? In politics, just talking politics. Yes, I just had Major Williams on my channel a couple of weeks ago. 
not only is it gloomy, this is 12 years ago, 13 years ago. This is 13 years ago. This stuff has been said throughout my entire walk with God. People have been making these types of statements. People have been making these types of statements. So uh, was he right on some of it? Sure. But are they casting a net around us and, you know, isolating us? And this, not me. My family loves Jesus. But, but let's just listen to this John MacArthur clip again. Okay, listen, listen to what he's saying. We don't win down here. We lose. You ready for that? Oh, you, th- oh, you were a post-millennialist. You thought we we're just going to go waltzing into the kingdom as you took over the world. No, we lose here. Get it? They killed Jesus. They killed all the apostles. We're all going to be persecuted. We're all. Notice the word all. Because we're going to look at what Scripture says. Notice the word all. It says we're all going to be persecuted. So, if any man come after me, let him, what? Deny himself. Garbage of prosperity gospel. No, we don't win down here. Are you ready for that? Just to clear. The garbage of the prosperity gospel. No, we don't win down here. Here. So he, he, the, the connection to the post-millennial position, and and I don't care what position you have, but just let's just think through this stuff. I love this clarity. We don't win. You're so happy about it too. We lose on this battlefield, but we win on the big one, the eternal one. That's his message, MacArthur. We don't win in this world. You can go watch the whole message. There's no. There's again. I don't. I don't care what you think he meant. That's what he said. Okay, that is what he that is what he said. Okay, so this notion that all are going to be persecuted, right? This notion that all are going to be persecuted. Why is this important? Well, because if you believe these things, you will then behave accordingly. If you believe, my fear for you is that you're not going to live out what Scripture clearly encourages to live out in Matthew 25. When we're going to get to Matthew 25, make sure you watch till the end of this video. If you believe these things, they 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 can trip you up. They can trip you up. And my critique, which I think was a fair critique, um, is, hey, this is really ironic if John MacArthur specifically is saying we lose while he is winning by every worldly measurable metric out there, by every prosperity measurable metric. And you guys took that the wrong way. You guys thought I was saying, I was like shaming him for his wealth. I wasn't. I'm saying that's awesome. He's worth $14 million. That's not a knock. That's not a, that's, that's not a shot. You guys, you misunderstanding what I'm saying. I'm saying that's awesome. He's won by every single worldly metric that the world would say he's winning by more or less. He hasn't faced much persecution. Okay. And He's projecting this on a generation of people who my issue, why am I concerned? Because if you believe, if you believe you're going to be persecuted and you believe that you're a loser or you're going to lose, what's the point of all the other stuff that we're commanded to do in scripture? Okay. Um, that, that's the point. That's the point. So it's not about whether he spoke prophetically. I'm saying these are the statements these guys have made their entire ministries. 
right? This is the same as they made their entire ministries. So now let's look at what scripture actually says about persecution. Okay. Let's actually look at what scripture says about persecution. And some of this you're going to love if you're in the persecution camp, some of this you're not going to like. Okay. So persecution, they will hate you. Jesus said it. We're going to go over that passage. Don't be surprised, right? And blessed are those who are persecuted. So let's just go over some passages of scripture. So the first one, Jesus, this is the one you guys like to quote. Everybody likes to quote. We all hopefully know this one, John 15. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you were of the world, because you were not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the world that I said to remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecute you, they will also uh, if they persecute me, they will also per- persecute you. If they uh, if they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Okay, so a lot of you guys are like, that's it right there, Ruslan. It says the world will hate us because they hated Jesus, right? Again, yet the, the, the second part of that is if they kept my word, they will also keep yours. So that's interesting. Okay, but that's John 15. Yes, John 15. Okay, so that, that's there. I'm not going to gloss over verses. Let's go to the next passage, okay? Um, when persecution comes, don't be surprised. When persecution comes, don't be surprised, okay? First Peter 4. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fury trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were to happen to you. But rejoice insofar as, you're, as you share Christ's sufferings, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. So the second point is, don't be surprised um, when persecution comes. Don't be surprised when persecution comes, okay? That's there, First Peter 4. Now, here is the part that we all gloss over. Here's the part where we miss. Here's the part where we check out. And we honestly view these scriptures from a very self-centered point of view. Not in a, like, uh, I'm puffed up self-centered, but just in the way that we view everything in our paradigm as if it's an American first doom and gloom is happening in our lifetime. Check this passage out and listen, and just Let's pay attention to the wording. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Okay, it says that. Blessed are those who are persecuted. So what does it say? The next verse in Peter. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory of God rests upon you. It's interesting that he says, if you are persecuted. Okay, if you are persecuted. So again, we're, we're, gonna, we're going to just, just do some deductive reasoning, use some logic here. It says, if you're insulted for the name of Christ, if you're insulted. Now, the next verse that we're all uh, familiar with, hopefully, blessed are those who are persecuted, where Jesus literally says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Matthew um, I think that's Matthew 5. I, I think I messed up that part there. Okay. So it's a blessing to be persecuted. It's a blessing to be persecuted. But catch the catch the caveat there. It says, blessed are those, right? Blessed are those. And Peter said, if, okay, Pete, I, I know this is confusing. Is, has every Christian been persecuted throughout history? That's not a rhetorical question. Has every Christian been persecuted throughout history? The answer is no. The answer is no. Has every generation of Christians been persecuted throughout history? The answer is no. Okay. So now that we have that established, 
Now that we have that established, consider what I'm going to say to you next. Okay. Consi- now, now, if you guys don't know, I'm an I'm an Armenian refugee. Armenia was the very first nation to acknowledge Christianity as its religion. Uh, I grew up in Azerbaijan. If you Google the pogroms of Baku, you will see the Arzis actually persecuting Armenian Christians who were living there. And that is actually why me and my family came out here. We were culturally Christian in a Muslim state, and we came out here as refugees. Believe me, I've seen persecution. I've seen real persecution. Okay. I've seen real persecution when, when, when there is physical harm upon you because of your faith and your affiliation to the Christian faith. Okay. But has every Christian throughout history endured persecution? No. Has every generation of Christians throughout history endured persecution? No. Right. So let's talk about what persecution is not being teased for being a Christian. That is not persecution friends. Okay. That is not, I'm telling you what persecution is not. Being teased for being a Christian is not persecution. I'm sorry. Okay? Being called a Bible thumper is not persecution. Okay? It's not, that's not persecution. Okay? It's not for every generation. It's not for every Christian. It's not exclusively for America. I know a lot of us want to view every single time and space as um, it's us right now, okay? And it's not because you're being a jerk. It's not If you're being a jerk in the name of Jesus and someone calls you out on it, you're not getting persecuted. You're not getting persecuted, okay? That's not what that is. And it's not an excuse... To not live out Matthew 25. We're going to get to Matthew 25 here in a second. We're going to get to Matthew 25 here in a second. So, so just to be clear, if we use deductive reasoning, uh, not every generation has been persecuted. There's actually been extremely flourishing and prosperous times throughout uh, history where Christians have led. Believe it or not, I know, I know this is going to be shocking to you. Believe it or not, Christians used to lead in the arts. Christians used to lead in terms of uh, spreading literacy. Why? Well, because we created the ink press, and then the Bible got printed, and we wanted people to read. So literacy, literally the world became transformed because of Christians wanting to further the gospel with literacy and education. Christians were ahead on hospitals being built. Okay? Music. I said this yesterday on my stream. The majority of our modern music, the majority of our modern music, and you can go look this up if you're a musicologist, is all rooted in the church, specifically the black church. So historically, there have been times where Christians have led and Christians have flourished and Christians have been in positions of influence and positions of power. That, that is a fact. Persecution is not an excuse for you to not live out Matthew 25. So I don't care what you believe about the end times. I really don't. I don't, I don't care if you're a pre-millennial, post-millennial, a-millennial. It doesn't really matter to me. It really doesn't matter to me. And a lot of people love quoting Matthew 24. You guys are talking about it now. Matthew, what about Matthew 24? Matthew 24 is going to tell us. Okay, sure, right? And, and just so you know, there are Christians, primarily in the, in the post-millennial position, that believe that a lot of revelation had already literally happened. That it, that, that it happened, and then we're in somewhere in the middle of revelation. More or less what the post-millennial position believes, okay? It's more or less what the post-millennial position believes. Now, let's look at Matthew 25. 
Let's look at Matthew 25. We read this stuff and we don't realize that the chapters in the Bible didn't get added on to later. I know, hopefully you guys know that, right? Just a little church history for you. Okay, the chapters in the Bible didn't get added on to later. What, what am I saying? Uh, that means that a lot of this stuff are written as one continuous thought, but we separated it with verses and chapters. So Matthew 24 is where it's talking about all this stuff that's going on and, and this, you know, the, the, the tribulation and all this stuff that's happening, right? It's a scary chapter. We don't read this in context of what comes right after it. And what comes right after it is going to convict a lot of you. Okay, so I don't care what your position is. I really don't care. What I care is, are you living out Matthew 25? Because Matthew 25 is not negotiable. Matthew 25 is not negotiable. And I know you guys are like, oh, you're getting emotional. I'm not getting emotional. I'm getting passionate because this is about the stuff that actually matters. How you live on this side of eternity matters. And you want to have a persecution complex? That's your business. But this is what Matthew 25 says. Okay. Then the kingdom of heaven will be, so then, right? Keep in mind, this is after the gnashing of teeth and all the crazy bad stuff. Then the kingdom, then, Matthew 25, then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, uh, they took oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. They weren't prepared for the return of the bridegroom. But at midnight, there was a cry. Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered saying, since there will not be enough for us all and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy some for yourself. This is a pretty savage passage, guys. <laughs> like, it's a pretty sad. Y'all were prepared. Go out there and get your own oil. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him to the marriage feast and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, watch, therefore, you know, neither the day nor the hour. Boom. You know neither the day nor the hour. That's all throughout the New Testament. We don't know. Okay, I don't care what your position is, but stop even alluding to dates or even alluding that, oh, right now it's happening. It's going to happen right now because you don't know. You really don't. I don't care if you're post-millennial or pre-millennial. You don't know, okay? However, watch how Paul Washer actually changed. He actually changed his tone on this, this is which, I, which I love, Brother Paul, and I feel like he got he's got, he got more soft. As, not, like, not soft, not, not soft in a negative way, but like more gentle as he went on. Check this out. Persecution coming, and, and how do we prepare for that? Well, first of all, we never know what's going to happen. Uh, we can say the thing. Interesting. We never know what's going to happen. Okay. Before he was saying it was happening right now. Interesting. Continue. If things in continue. The trend that they're going right now, persecution is quite likely. Now, there's there's a type of socialism in Europe, um, and and there's not a lot of persecution of Christians, hardly any. But but here's the reason. The, the church is so weak in Europe that it's just ignored. There's no reason. To, it's, it's not a danger to anybody. They're just considered irrelevant. The worst thing that could... I think that's a really interesting broad stroke of Europe, by the way. I got a lot of believer friends in Europe, and that's kind of like a... I don't know how I feel about that. But okay, I'm just, we're just going... Because that's not the point. But what happened to us is we become the same way. We become so irrelevant to what's going on in society... 
that there's no need to even deal with us. Another thing that's very important is God prepares His people whenever they're going to enter into a time of crisis. Mm. I don't think that we need to do some exceptional preparing. I just think we need to be biblical about our daily preparation that we all need, whether there's persecution or not. Mm. I believe it was John Wesley. They asked him, what would you do if you knew the Lord was coming back this evening? He said, well, I'd get up in the morning early, as always. Hello. I'd have my prayers, my devotional tea, breakfast, go out and preach, come back as I always do every day, have time of prayer, rest, go out and preach, come back. And, and the point that he was making, although I'm, I didn't quote him exactly, please understand that, the point that he's making is, I'm living in the will of God. Mm. There's no need for me to change anything. Mm. And that's the way we need to be. Hello. Interesting. He kind of changed his tone, didn't he? Okay, now you guys keep asking, what do you, you know what I mean by persecution. Stop it. You guys know, you've seen the Left Behind movies. You know what I'm talking about persecution. If you want the Oxford dis Dictionary, hostility and ill treatment, especially because of race or political religious belief. Hostility or ill treatment, okay? So, you guys know what I'm talking about. Stop, like, oh, what do you mean? You know what I'm, you know what I mean. You know what I mean, okay? So, he changes his position on persecution a little bit. He softens it a little bit. Now, he's saying we have to live as prepared, meaning that your life shouldn't change much if Jesus is coming back today or if he's coming back in a hundred years, okay? It doesn't make a difference. Live your life prepared that he can come back. Why? Because Matthew 25 says, watch for therefore you watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour. Now, let's keep going through Matthew 25 because you guys still are separating stuff by parables and passages and not understanding the context of everything that's being said in Matthew 25. So let's keep going. Matthew 25, that's verse 13, right? Boom. This is all one thought. Remember, those chapters and verses got added later. They weren't right. Matthew wasn't writing and adding chapter 25, chapter. No, these are all continuous thoughts. Now, let's keep reading. For it will be like a man going on a journey. So, so this is, he's going into another parable, okay? For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. Talents in this context is money. That is the literal meaning of what he's talking about. He who had received the five talents went at once, went at once and traded with him. And he had five talents more. So also he had two talents and made two talents more. But he who had received one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more, five talents more saying, master, you have delivered me five talents here. I have five talents more. His master to him said, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you uh, over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 22. And he also who had two talents came forward saying, master, you have delivered to me two talents here. I have made two talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received one talent came forth saying, Master, I know you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. This is a very shrewd master, okay? Verse 25, so I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant, you 
You knew that I reap where I do not sow and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For everyone who has, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But for one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the utter darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The story ends the same way as, as Matthew 24, weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, so this is very interesting to me. And watch when this, the next part comes around. This is very interesting to me because what he's saying is, hey, live your life prepared. Your, your, your lifestyle should not make a difference on, on any of this stuff. Live your life prepared because you don't know when Jesus is coming back. And then straight from Matthew 24, straight from the parable of the virgins, he goes into this parable about money and talents and being a good steward and doubling down with what God has given you. Wow. Really interesting. This is really interesting. Yet we gloss over this. We gloss over this stuff and say, oh, nah, you know, uh, suffering, persecution. We ignore all of Matthew 25. We, we flat out ignore it, right? And my fear for you is that whatever your, your, your view is, it doesn't matter to me. Live out Matthew 25. Live out Matthew 25. Be a good steward with what God has given you. Why? Why? Why should you be a good steward? Why should you be a good manager of what God has given you? Well, check it out. Matthew 25, again, all one stream of consciousness. It goes into verse 31. This is, the, this is it, right? When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Okay? So, so, when, so when Jesus comes back, he's going to sit on his glorious throne. Okay? And this is, this is, this is I, don't know, I don't think this is a parable anymore. Okay, I don't think this is a parable. I think he's talking literally now. He's using these parables, then he goes back into a little story. Okay, before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. That's interesting. All the nations will be gathered. Okay, and he will place the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the kingdom will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you. From the foundation of the world. For I, for I was hungry, and you what? You gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer. And the king will answer. Truly I say to you, as you did to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me. You cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food, and I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me, naked, and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then, and minister, this is the word, minister to you. Then he will answer them, saying, truly I say to you, as you did, as you did, not do it to one of the least of these. You did not do it to me. 
and these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. I don't care what you believe about the end times. I don't really even care what you think about persecution, but I I will pose a question to you here in a second, okay? What I care about is are you living out Matthew 25? Because we could debate uh, pre-millennial, uh, post-millennial, all of these different things, and we, we could talk about it, and it's fun to talk about, right? But we can't, what we cannot debate is Matthew 25 is applicable to every single follower of Jesus. That is applicable. And if you don't get it and it's over your head, then you don't get it, and I don't know what else to say to you. But if you're living your life flippantly, if you're living your life prepared for some persecution that may not come in our lifetime and you're not being a good steward and you're not taking care of the least of these, right? You're not, why does it, why is there this order of be prepared because, because he's coming back, right? Be prepared. Then it goes into money management. What is he, what is you talking about Jesus money? And you're giving us talents and money. And then we have to blah, 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 blah. And then it goes into caring for the least of these. This is really interesting. Caring for the least of these because, because if you ever tried to feed someone, you know what that requires? Food? Have you ever tried to visit someone in prison? No, really. How many of you guys ever visited someone in prison? You know what that requires? The flexibility in your schedule to take an entire day off and go visit someone in prison? Right? Food, clothes, what do all these things cost? What do they require? Resources, money, abundance. Huh? You're consumed with persecution. You're consumed with something that may not be coming in our lifetime, at least in the biblical proportions. Some people are saying, hey, it's already happened. This type of persecution has already happened. We, we, we need to walk in the power and the, and the authority that we have as Christians, that, 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 that the enemies of Jesus are under his feet, right? That's in there too, right? But let's just say, let's just say your position is correctly. It doesn't change you living out Matthew 25. It doesn't change you being a good steward, being faithful with you, with what God has given you, your time, talent, and treasure, and caring for the least of these. That, it does not change. So why am I so passionate about this? Why, why am I saying, stop telling people they're losers when you're, when you're a winner by every single measurable metric? And that's not a diss, guys. I'm not mad at Johnny Mac for being worth $14 million. I'm happy. Tell us young believers how we can do it. How we can do is 50, 60-year ministry and end scandal-free and pass an inheritance on to our grandchildren. That's in there too, by the way, in Proverbs. But no, we're just looking for personal. So, so, so this, this, why am I saying this? Because there was once a time where I was reformed and Calvinist. And, and I'm not, this is not a diss to Calvinist. I was reformed and Calvinist. And I listened to, to Paul Washer on the daily. And I had my Johnny Mac study Bible. I never had a Johnny Mac study Bible. But, I, you know, the homie had it and I would look it up. And I remember there was an event that we did. It was the Man Up Conference with all these brothers, all these Christian guys who had all the perfect theology. Oh, gosh, they knew their five points of Calvinism and they knew the doctrines of grace and they had perfect theology and then I started talking to them after the shows I would talk to them after the shows because I was the guy that was actually out there trying to meet everybody and I would talk to them after the shows and I found this annoying pattern where these guys love Jesus with their theology and with their words but their lives were complete train wrecks their finances were train wrecks their marriages were train wrecks their purity was train wrecks and I was in the process of being a newlywed and getting on this debt-free journey and working on my marriage and growing up, ironically enough, at a conference called Man Up. And I said, yo, we're missing it. 
You could have the perfect theology and the perfect doctrine and still completely blow it in your life. And I don't want that for anybody watching my channel. I don't want you to know the five points of Calvinism and the tulip and the doctrines of grace and all these other things and completely miss it because you're expecting some persecution and you have some complex that you're walking around thinking the world's going to hate you and kill you because everybody, every Christian throughout history has been hated and killed. What, what, let me pose you a question. What if, what, if, what if we're actually entering a season of immense flourishing as Christians? What if this whole thing of technology, which we think is so evil, and it could definitely be used for evil, what if, what if that this is actually ushering in a season where we could potentially take the gospel to more people, contextualize the gospel to more people than we've ever seen in history? What if that little app TikTok that you laugh at and is kind of cringe, if I'm going to be honest, what if that contextualizes the gospel to a generation of kids who are unchurched, whose parents are unchurched, who are growing up confused and they're tired of being marketed to, but they hear about this Jesus and they say there's something about this Jesus and their hearts start changing. What if people come on this channel or Mike Winger's channel and they start hearing us talk about the Bible and, and going through it verse by verse and covering entire chapters? And, 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 what if, and what if this is revival that's coming? What if there's a potential for flourishing, but you're sitting here burying your talent because you think a persecution is coming? Because, because John, John, Johnny Mac told you we're losers. You lose here. Paul Washer said they're, 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 it's happening right now. It's happening right now. They're, they're taking your kids from you, and it's happening right now. I don't make absolute statements. I'm posing a question to you. I'm posing the question to you. And if you don't get it, then you don't get it. Then this channel isn't for you. If you want to be here and just hear about abstract theology that doesn't cause you to actually do anything, this isn't the channel for you. If you're here because you want to become more like Jesus in every area of your life, yes, including your finances, yes, including how you treat your body, yes, including how you, how you treat those people around you, Bible, Bible encompassing every area, loving your wife the way Christ loved the church, leading your home the way Christ led the church. If you're here for that, then don't. But this notion of, of being consumed with persecution and, and, and suffering and all these things, how about you suffer and die to your flesh and man up or woman up if you're a lady in here? How about you clean up your own room, as Jordan Peterson says, clean up your own room before you critique the world? Mm. Nah, we want to talk about persecution and we want to talk about how bad it is. And we want to talk about how, uh, uh, we're, we're, you know, we, we get censored guys, I've been walking with Jesus for, for 20 years. I have never seen a time like this in my lifetime. I've never seen a time where some of the biggest icons who aren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, I'm praying for some of these brothers, but some of the biggest icons are proclaiming the name of Jesus. And even if they're even even if they have issues, at the very least, that's an introduction to you. Hey, you heard Justin Bieber Bieber's new song, Holy? Yeah, he's been talking about Jesus a lot. What do you think about Jesus? What do you think about Jesus? So to be clear, persecution is not going to happen to every Christian and it's not gonna happen in every generation. 
It is not you being teased for being a, a, a Christian. It is not you being called a Bible thumper. It is not uh, you being a jerk on Twitter and then people coming after you for it. It is not about any of those things, right? Persecution is when your safety is in danger. There's people being persecuted right now. Yes, right now. And the church is flourishing. The church is flourishing in China. My wife went to China. You want to see real persecution? See how Christians, how any religion is getting treated in China. That's real persecution. You complaining about the socialism and the agenda. Really? You need to travel more. I'm not one to advocate going on random mission trips to random countries to, to you know, to, to do the whole like, oh, I, I went on a vacation, but called it a mission trip. I'm not, I'm not on that energy. But some of y'all need to really go see some, some of the world. Some of y'all really need to go see some of the world. Some of you need to get out of your little bubble. And some of you desperately need to stop thinking that everything in the scriptures is about America and is about you and is about the time that we're living in. Because the world doesn't revolve around you. It doesn't revolve around America, and it doesn't revolve around this space and time. You're not a snowflake. You're not one of a kind. Snowflake, one of a kind. You're so unique. I know that's what we've been told, and we think that everything revolves around us. This stuff, that's the, 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 the persecution that, that will come in the end days may not happen for hundreds of years. Are you sitting here squandering away, tricking away your life? Tricking away opportunities to grow, tricking away opportunities to feed the least of these in the name of some persecution that we may never face. So I love Paul Washer. He's been a blessing to me. I know John MacArthur has been a blessing to many of you. But on these topics, on these topics, I think they're an error. I think they're an error. I think sometimes they speak from their emotion. I think sometimes they make flippant statements and, and they're not helpful. That doesn't mean that, that like, I need to call them and get them to come on the show. Y'all give me way too much clout to just think I could call up John MacArthur and say, I need to confront you on YouTube, Brother John Mac- brother Paul. Like, what? In the same way, if, so- if someone like a Michael Todd makes a statement that's hurtful, that can, ha- like, like, all ambition is evil, like, Jesus didn't die for sins, but he died for unbelief, and we have to call that out. We have to keep just scales. You have to keep just scales. And hey, if you listen to Paul Washer and John MacArthur on the regular and you're crushing it in your marriage and you're crushing it in your finances and you're feeding people and you're clothing people and you're giving to your mission and you're plugged into your local church and you're doing your thing, then this don't apply to you. Just ignore everything I said. But I've seen the pattern. I've seen the correlation. I know how depressed I was listening to Paul Washer regularly. And I know how some of you guys subtly, under a yoke, under a cloud of just kind of being mediocre, just kind of floating, just kind of coasting. And you've justified it in your mind because... Brother Paul told you that they're, they're, they're coming to kill you. They're taking... Fam. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Like, this is pretty straightforward. And you guys can hate me. You can unfollow me, unsubscribe. 
I'm not doing this for clicks and likes, by the way. I'm doing this because I've followed both of these brothers' ministries, and I'm just sharing the stuff that I think is problematic and could potentially be harmful to some people. If you grew up never worrying about money, and you got some amazing trust fund, and you got some amazing life, and this has never been an issue for you because your college was paid for, and you're a mechanical engineer and you or a pharmacist or whatever, and you're crushing it, hey, cool, man. Praise God. That's not the environment that I come from. That's not the environment that a lot of people watching this come from. A lot of us are looking to change our family trees. A lot of us do want to be good stewards with what God has given us. Okay, A lot of us do want to get out of debt. A lot of us do want to have abundance to feed and clothe and give to churches and see missionaries go out. A lot of us do want to leave an inheritance for our great-grandchildren. And if that's not your reality and you come from a different upbringing, you've never thought, cool, man. Maybe you do need to hear more about persecution and suffering and be humbled. I don't know. So those are my thoughts, man. Those are my thoughts. Take it, leave it. Doesn't really matter to me. But I love to hear your thoughts. Kingstream Entertainment. Bruce Lawn. Joshua the King came down and bore it all. Yeah. Conversations front of the fireplace. All of my mistakes out of wire race. Wanna operate at a higher pace Birth pains causing the body to dilate On a first name basis with the worst pain facing 